As I mentioned last week, particularly in this year, the Hebrew scriptures appointed for Lent begin by restating the promises of God, the covenants that bind God and God's people. So we heard of Noah and the rainbow and everything that is and the promise between God and everything that is last week. This week, well, we can read it kind of as a promise to humanity, essentially. We're getting a little more narrow to humans of many nations at the least. Today we will hear of a covenant between God and Abram, who is about to become Abraham in the process. As you will hear, Abram has had that name for a long time, like 99 years long. So God's promise that he is about to have children who bear his name is unlikely. Actually, it gets cut off today, but if you continue on this story, Abraham's actual reaction to this is to fall on his face laughing. So I just leave that with you. But by the time his story is done, he will be a father to many. So maybe he will have to adjust his expectations and his name. Listen. When Abram was 99 years old, The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you through their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sari, your wife, You shall not call her sorry, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. So look, sometimes you just have to give thanks for what didn't happen. And, you know, you all have a pastor who, you know, studied a lot of poetry and theater in college, and somehow you didn't end up with a sermon called What's in a Name Today? (laughs) And you should be thankful because you could look at me honestly and be like, that's just lazy, Jeff. (laughs) Let's all rejoice that poor Shakespeare gets to rest quietly because, well, also because I think today what we're going to talk about is that there is an awful lot in a name. Some promises are so big they change you. Maybe they start with a name but they will go beyond that if you let them. I think something that I love is that there's a playfulness even in the importance of naming. My favorite part of any time we tell the Genesis story is thinking about Adam getting to name all of the critters. Very fun right now because it's fun to see what critters get named in my house. Because it's often not the name that I'm insistent upon. Many of us may not reflect much on the name that was given to us when we were born. 
at least early on. It's just kind of who you are. Just the same, that name is a product of some moment of recognition and joy, relationship in which our parents felt connected to their idea or hope for us as they imagined that we would grow. Some of you know, I, you know, so I have four names, Jeffrey Fable Harris Parker. I have two names that were from strong matriarchs in my family that they would have kept if it wasn't for marriage. And so they are, through me, unchanged, though I am changed by them. Finally, as we grow, we get to experiment and create family for ourselves, and then our names will change. Sometimes through marriage, through the names that those we love or live with or just go to school with will give us. Developing as a person distinct from our family means taking on this important task, beginning to play with names. Each of us, siblings, friends, play yard bullies even, have given us names. And we start to find new names for ourselves and for each other. I have borne witness to the fact that young people inevitably hit a stage somewhere in middle school. Sorry, I don't, I'm not going to go gender essentialist here, but a lot of middle school girls, there's a little thing that happens where you change your name somewhere in there. You will get a nickname in college. There's nothing I can do to help you with that. Sorry. Like I say, I lucked out. Mine is just Jeff Parker. <laughs> Some names stick. Some names fall away. Some names are just for a particular place or community. Some become how we exist in the world. So we thought a little bit about who named you, but also people who might have given you a new name. Names that you have collected through the years. There is a relationship, I would wager, and some sort of promise behind each of those names. How you will be for others and how you will be kept by others. So God shows up in Abram's life today and invites him to be made new. A new name, a new relationship, which also, of course, means letting go of an old relationship. And an old name. Anyone whose name changed when they got married knows a little something about this. It might have been for a very happy reason, but suddenly you were no longer the same person or family that you had been before. There's a little grief that happens somewhere in there. We can name that. The meaning of ancient names is a little murky, but the good news for us today is that the text here is pretty literal. If Abram means something like exalted ancestor, Abraham, on the other, is ancestor of multitudes. Hence, God keeps saying, I will make you an ancestor of multitudes. Sarai's name is a little less clear in the beginning, but Sarah essentially means mother to many, mother to kings. God pronounces these promises over them, and the promises at one level become their names. a little closer to our traditions. Jesus changes names too, friends, by the way. Watch out. He'll give you a nickname. 
Simon is the first one who gets to name Jesus as Messiah. So Jesus returns the favor and calls him Cephas. In Greek, we say Peter, which means rock. So hence, the rock on which I will build my church. God and Jesus are very literal about these things. The rock on which I will build my church. And then for us later, we also know that when Peter tries to follow Jesus out onto the water, to walk on water, he sinks like a stone. Watch out. Names are powerful things. They have strengths and weaknesses. But here is something to notice most of all this week. It seems like whenever God or Jesus shows up to give you a new name, it is to make your belonging and the blessings you have to offer wider, broader. Abraham was a nice guy from Ur over there. He, you know, his family loved him. He was close to home. Everybody was kind of staying in the family business. He was a gift to his family. But today, through the promise of God, Abraham becomes a gift to nations, to whole swaths of people, to three Abrahamic religions. In fact, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all tell this story. Abraham's children are about 55% of the world's population right now, not too bad, on the way to 4.3 billion people. The fact that they cannot seem to find a way to live together in peace is perhaps all the more evidence that we are related. Ooh, that's a laugh. As, and yet, as we watch the painful news from Gaza each day, I think we can lament the multitude of ways in which the children of Abraham feel locked into a past identity, a past naming of hurt and violence and opposition and their reticence to accept some new name that could lead to greater life, wider, broader blessing. Because, of course, to live into his name change, Abraham actually had to walk away from who he was. He had to leave Ur to become Abraham. Becoming Abraham meant losing Abram. may be related. Jesus says something like this, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. Sometimes you've got to give something up to get to the new thing. We see this challenge everywhere in our world, right? To release who we have been, to become who we are going to be, to accept a new name, a new calling everywhere. Each and every Black History Month in this nation, we have to wonder and struggle again to see if we will reinvent ourselves as a nation. If we can name honestly who we have been, maybe in the hope that we can take on a new name, new relationship, new belonging that is broader and wider. We keep saying that we are the land of the free and we keep trying to redefine that name. Can't help but notice everywhere I drive these days, closer to home in Cumberland, we're having a little bit of a debate on how broad the promises of home can be as there is a struggle to discern how to make the town accessible, a place that can be named home 
for more people and more generations to come. I know we don't sit by town anymore, but, you know, I'm praying for you all, Cumberland. (laughs) And then, I can't let this week go without mentioning that for many people, this week was when we learned the name of Nex Benedict. A 16-year-old from Owasso, Oklahoma. Nex was not the name they were born with. Nex chose their name when they came to understand themselves as non-binary, outside of male or female gender norms or roles. Nex died on February 8th, after an altercation in the restroom at school the day before, We do not know everything about how it came to be that Nex died yet. But it seems like that altercation and relationships at school and relationship with school itself played a significant part in their death. You see, Oklahoma has very strict rules about the restroom and how you have to use the restroom that conforms to the gender you were assigned at birth. The superintendent of schools in Oklahoma says that he quote, does not believe that non-binary or transgender people exist. He said that Oklahoma schools would not allow students to use preferred names or pronouns that differ from their birth sex. And that created a culture in which this altercation took place in the restroom at school. I kept thinking this week about how powerful it was for this young person to have found their name to insist upon their name, how finding the name that truly calls us is meant to be a blessing, a blessing of life for us as individuals, but hopefully a blessing that flows to others. Abraham receives God's new name for him and accepts the promise and the challenge of it, right? Sometimes names will do that to you. They offer you a blessing, but also a challenge. I have given thanks for every time that I have baptized one of our children and they or their parents pronounce their name aloud so that the blessing and baptism kind of flowed through that name that day. I also gave thanks for every time a beloved one has come to me and pronounced a new name and challenged me to bless it just the same. If we have been given all these holy examples of ancestors who bravely gave up what they had known, gave names that would not fit them, gave up names which didn't bring them life, and took on new names, well, surely we can celebrate each time a name in our midst changes. I see today in Holy Scripture that God is there making powerful and everlasting promises each time a name changes. So we should run there with rejoicing on our lips. Next, didn't get to see the full blessing of their name. We, as people who believe that God arrives in our lives and grants us newness of life, newness of names, should be people who can stand alongside our siblings as they discover who they are. I'm thankful for all that we do here in this congregation to be affirming and welcoming, but above all, I hope celebrating 
church to our trans and non-binary siblings, but we should never lose, stake, lose sight of the stakes of naming. Here in these things are matters of life and death, love, and love beyond death. We are named, actually. We are Christians for all the challenges that name has. It is ours. The God who creates us, the Christ who greets uh, greets us and calls us beloved, and the Spirit who propels us out into the world to greet and call others into love would want us to live into our name. May it be so. Amen.